Hi, I'm Tasha Weeks. And I'm Kelly Guyton. Welcome to Culturally Yours Mental Health. We will discuss all things mental health for people of color. Let's create our own narratives for our own experiences that affect us mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Be informed. Be supported. Be empowered. Hey, hi, hey. Welcome back to Culture Yours Mental Health. Hello, hello. Today we are going to talk about, finally talk about, because I feel like some of you might have been waiting for this. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about generational trauma. So we start off with like the history and some definitions. Definitions. And I feel like we've touched very, very, very little on generational trauma because we've just been waiting for the specific episode where we can just talk about it in its entirety. And we're actually breaking it down into two parts because I feel like when it comes to generational trauma, it's, we can go on forever, honestly. Yes, because there's many generations. There's a lot to be said there, and it's just so much that has taken place. Exactly. So we're just going to do the foundation part of it today. Yes. Um. So much like traditions, heirlooms, hair color, secret family recipes, all these things get passed down, right, through each generation. And that also means that people can inherit trauma. Generational trauma is also known as like intergenerational trauma or transgenerational trauma. It is a cause of trauma that passes through families. Generational trauma occurs through, it can occur like biologically, environmental, psychological, and through social means. For example, some evidence suggests that generational trauma can happen in the uterus, like a fetus being exposed to chemicals involved in the maternal stress can impact um, future development. And I'm sure, you know, there's some of you women who are mothers and while we're pregnant and they tell you, no, don't stress yourself, you know, don't worry, you know, you don't want it to affect your baby. These are the things that they're talking about because you like right there early on. Yes. Your emotions can definitely extreme or or strong emotions can impact, Mm -hmm. you know, early development before a child's even born. But that's actions are very true. It's actually very true. Um, So therefore, an individual who is predisposed to trauma, um, they're predisposed through generations. Mm hmm. So like thinking back on how like, you know, your grandparent, whether you know them or not, whether you have a relationship with them or not, your parent's parent experiencing those similar emotions um, during, you know, the pregnancy of your mother or your father or a grandmother, you know, and that getting passed on. Mm -hmm. And I feel like within our families, there's just, and through the generations, there's so much that we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many questions that we don't ask and we wouldn't even know to ask because we don't know what our family members have been through. And I feel like especially the older generation, they aren't as forthcoming when it, to talk about their past traumas. Right. Um, it's painful. It, yeah. We talk about. And, and, you know, I think that's one of the, I think that comes in like kind of twofolds because, you know, Tasha, I think about how you know, that, that common phrase, you know, what happens in the family stays in the family, but that goes a lot deeper because then things don't get talked about. And so we don't get talked about. You know, I think about my mom, she's trying to learn more about her side of the family 
and what's been going on. And the generation that is old enough to remember to give her firsthand stories won't talk. And it's, and, and it's, I watch my mom. I literally look at her and she looks sad. Sometimes I think she's going to cry and I can see the frustration. Mm-hmm. How she is feeling so disconnected from her family because nobody will talk. And it's because it's just so painful. And there you can see that there's a lot of shame. And you're talking about people that are in their 80s and 90s who have spent a lifetime not talking. And they're not going to just suddenly talk. Right. Exactly. Um because when it comes to trauma, people just want to forget. That is the first mm-hmm. thing. This terrible thing has happened, and now I want to forget. And so they don't forget because that's impossible. Um, you're not going to, you know, and, and the memory does what it wants, right? It does what it, it does to protect ourselves. But in some point of time, there's going to be a trigger. You're going to remember, and they they still don't talk about it. No. And you know what, Tosh? I'm, I'm glad you said that because- when we are saying that you don't forget, we're not saying that you're going to have a vivid imag- uh, re- recall. recall of it. Yeah. The body will remember. The body does store its stories, its events, mm-hmm. its its emotions. Like it stores these things, you know, and I'll break it down to like the simplest means uh, when I say that. When you are stressed at work and you try to just go in with a happy face, but every time you seem to go to work, you get a headache or your back hurts or your neck hurts. You know, that's your body remembering that you don't like being in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. That's, that's, that's what we mean by, by remembering. Okay. Yeah. And so when you are finding yourself having a really big emotional response and you think it's just because of that particular moment, it's not about that particular moment. It's something else that's being recalled that you're having a, a reaction to and you may not be aware of it. That's what we mean by you will not forget. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's it also can go deeper on how trauma can also affect the DNA. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it can leave that chemical mark on a person's genes, where um, which can then be passed down to future generations, like we were talking about, and that mark causes a um, the mark you know then could cause a genetic mutation. It doesn't cause a genetic mutation, but it does alter. You know, the mechanism by which the gene is expressed. Right. Okay. It's not genetic. It's epigenetic. Okay. So this is what we're talking about when we talk about how trauma, generational trauma can be epigenetic. Mm-hmm. How things get, get shown. So again, when we say express how it shows up, it can lie dormant. And then when it comes out and, you know, we think, oh, you know, Tosh, when we talk about like learned behavior. Yes. So, know? so like. When we think of families, um, and I'm think I'm just recalling like different conversations I've had about families, whether that's with you know friends or um, with patients, and we 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 learn so much from them without even realizing what we're picking up from them, and without our family members even re- realizing what they're teaching us, whether that's through their own experiences, their own traumas. Um, but um, we definitely inherit inherit those things we do we do um you know kind of like how we've talked about in previous um episodes when you know that anxiety you know growing up in an environment that's filled with anxiety (laughs) (laughs) you know um or just you know chaotic 
Okay. These are some of the ways that these things can be, you know, expressed in those types of behaviors and, and types of communication that may seem normal to one, but however, that is, can be a part of that traumatic, um, event, you know, um, you just kind of, or, you know what, let me back up a little bit. When I say traumatic event, you know, let's, let's talk about what, what we're saying here when we say traumatic, there are different words to this. So first of all, like what what's trauma, right? Like right. so, trauma is an event that occurs and it affects you physiologically, uh, mentally, cognitively, um, and it's of course typically it's um, something bad that has happened to you. Mm-hmm. 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 And how and how it's impacted you. Mm-hmm. Your experience with it. Okay, so all the different ways that it can affect you. It's basically like we've talked about before when it comes to um, being dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is, you know, a distressing event mm-hmm. that's causing the dysfunction. Right. Um, and so being mindful of how the word trauma or being traumatized uh, is being used. Okay. You know, sometimes when um when I experience something that's a pretty, pretty impactful, I don't necessarily say the word traumatic because that's not quite what resonates with my experience. You know, I will probably say impactful or upsetting or big event or something that was a big event that was upsetting, you know, kind of marriage the words together. Right. Cause, um, cause like and- me, me and Kelly can go through the same experience and it can be traumatic for me. It doesn't mean it'll be traumatic for her. Right. You know, I could say, whoa, like that, that definitely stayed with me for like the rest of the day. Like that, that really hit hard, you know, mm-hmm. but like Tosh, she was like, you know, I'm losing sleep, you know, like I find myself looking at my shoulder, right. you know, I'm feeling very anxious. <laughs> you know, but That comes down to how each of us is viewing the event. She's viewing it differently from me. It's, and that's why it's, it's easier for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's part of those, those experience. And so, and this can also connect to, again, the epigenetics and what we've, what our family, our ancestors have been experiencing too, how we can be predisposed. Okay. And we can give a number of examples, but again, this is only part one. (laughs) (laughs) So we're not going to dive too, too, too deep. Okay. Cause there's a lot of different avenues we can take with this. Um, And so the next thing that usually comes up that, tends to really beg the question is how do we heal from this is can we heal from this yes and what what i loved most about um when we were researching this and doing all the reading is that we can like this is not Mm -hmm. a permanent change within our families within you like these are things that you can heal from and solve and resolve and move on and grow. Exactly. You know, that's, you know, so when you guys hear that word epigenetics, it's not, it's not something that you're stuck with. You know, there has been research that shows that, you know, our behaviors and environments can cause changes that affect the way our genes work, but, you know, epigenetics, you know, changes are reversible. Mm -hmm. They don't change our DNA. Okay. Um, you know, it, it can it can change how our body reads the DNA, you know, so we can again, we can heal, we can change how like like Tasha, you were just saying a moment ago, you know, how 
we, how I view it differently. Okay. I'm choosing to read the situation differently, which is going to give me a different experience. You know what? It makes me think of like, like a computer in a way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm sure like our bodies are always compared to being a computer um, sometimes, but it's just like how you have a program and you can reprogram this Mm -hmm. program, you know, where that it's, it's um, reacting differently. Absolutely. And you can, again, constantly put in a new sequence, if you will. Because <laughs> like, no, I, I can do the computer thing all day long because, um, you know, I, I dabble in that, have dabbled in that. And so in, in connecting it to our human behavior, it's just it's repetition. It's yeah, retraining. OK. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as clinicians, you know, you probably have heard your own clinicians, if you your own therapist have said the word reframe. <laughs> you know, that type of language and just redefining and giving a different meaning to what the experience um, or to, to what was what, to what you're witnessing to have mm-hmm. a different experience. Because what you're telling yourself about the experience is what's causing the, um, the traumatic responses. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So once you start challenging and then replacing um, that thought process is when you're able to heal. And there's so many different ways that you can approach it. You know, that thought process, you can, you can approach it, you know, spiritually, you can approach it, of course, very rational, you know, with, with some rational to it, scientifically. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like what are the facts? Right. Just looking just the facts. Okay. Um, you can approach it even with, you know, support, you know, family support, community support. Okay. Um, in the different ways of how to also release. And I think that's a, a really important part when it comes to healing. Again, when it comes to trauma, that's when, when I, earlier we were talking about how the body can recall, it gets stored in our body. So think about that release part as well, when it comes to healing, you know? Um, so doing that release, whether it's through prayer, through painting, through dancing, <laughs> through talking, yeah, through through talking. My, my, I, what I, I would hope, and I know it's not like realistic for all, but to be able to like talk to our families about certain things. And I, and I know that it would be beneficial for all families, especially the older generations who have just been carrying these type of things for so long. Um, and I know it's, again, it's not realistic for all, but you know, if you can talk to your families. hmm Mm-hmm. Have these conversations, involve the children in these conversations. Absolutely. I think that's I think that's what's most important to to kind of to not kind of, but to actually break away what stays in the family kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Because if you want if you want to stay in the family and keep it in the family, then have the real conversations. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like that see, see how we reframed keeping it in the family? See, it can be done. We're not saying shush, shush about it. Don't ever talk about it. <laughs> That's depressing it. <laughs> find find that space where you can be heard and get that emotional safety and talk about it and get that release from your body and not have it stored there. Um, and even if you, um, and, and talking about the generations and just being clear about talking about what's going on. You know, Tasha, I can't help but think about my niece. Mm-hmm. You know, when she's, when she, she's five and, you know, I grew up in that house. What happens in this, in this household and this family stays in this family. I, I grew up with that too. And 
now that she's now that she's of this next generation, we do talk about our family a lot more. Mm-hmm. And one day she just came to me and her mother and she was like, who are my ancestors? Now, Tosh, I don't know about you, but when I was five, I wasn't asking that. I definitely wasn't asking that <laughs> at all. It was, I don't know how and why your niece was thinking of these things, but she is definitely ahead of her time. She is. She really is. And she's five and she's asking this. And here's my mom in her, in her I call her her golden, golden years. <laughs> you know, and she's trying to find who her ancestors are, who her family were, and how that how she how she's connected. Mm-hmm. My five-year-old niece is asking this. And because, you know, somewhere it's between my mom having her experience um, and my my paternal mother, you know, valuing family the way she does, I had an answer for her. Nice. I had an answer for her. And not only, and I was really proud to not just have an answer for her, but pictures. I had pictures, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I could put a face to these names. And she's yeah. fine. I think the pictures was even more important. And of course, I explained it to her the way a, a way a five-year-old could understand. I think that's not something else that's important. How we talk about, you know, the family events, you know, or traumatic events, even though they're very painful and difficult to talk about, making it that making it age appropriate. So she's five. Did I tell her about the the abuse that took place in the family? No. She asked who her ancestors were. So I said, mommy, mommy's that's because she's close to her grandfather, my dad. So I said, daddy's mom you know, is great grandma and great grandma (laughs) is this person. So I just kind of did one line and just traced it all the way back to the plantation for her and showed her the picture of the house. And she was like, ah, okay. So everybody's a parent. And I said, yes, she gave me that five-year-old response, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but as she gets older, she's going to start noticing other things and asking more questions. And because if we're going to keep it in the family, Tasha, as you were just saying, giving more of those details about, you know, why pop-pop might respond a certain way or why grandma is a certain way. I was like, well, grandma's been through some things and, you know, grandma, not everybody was always nice to grandma. And, you know, grandma didn't know who her mom was because her mom died when she was a little girl, you know? And so that's why grandma is cherishes things the way she does. And there are appropriate ways to talk about it. And I like that you mentioned your niece and mentioned your mom because it just shows that it's never too early and it's never too late to have these conversations. Right. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And and they can always be ongoing. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, it also reminds me of um, having conversations with my great grandmother. Um, she lived to 104. And when she turned wow. 100, we were blessed to go visit her in Panama for her hundredth birthday. Wow. And I remember just sitting like at her bedside because she was very, very sane mind. Um, Mel still had a very, very good memory and just having like conversations with her and asking her questions that I never asked of her before because the last time I saw her, I was a little girl. Wow. Um, so to be able to ask those questions as an adult and for her to have those answers, it was just like, wow, you know, it was a very memorable um time to be able to get it you know directly from her mm-hmm. and, and she and then not because of she was older but she she has always been inside that she's just always going to be straightforward with her answer she's not the type to hide the truth like this is what it is she was a very spicy lady mm-hmm. so, <laughs> i was i am very grateful that i was able to ask those questions and then to ask my grandmother follow-up questions afterwards about some of the things that our our family has has been through and it, it just and it just makes sense. Like once you ask the right questions and you get the answers, it just makes sense. And 
I think you and I have been um, lucky enough to be able to get our answers um, and be able to break some of those generational traumas versus I know some people aren't going to have um, such easy as a time as we had. No, not at all. But I think what I really like and what you shared about how you were able to follow up with your grandmother is that it can be very empowering. So when you recognize the generational traumas or events that take place, at some point you get a choice. Mm-hmm. You get a choice of how you want to move forward and look at, you know, what your I'm going to use the word ancestors because I'm talking about your grandparents and parents and aunts and uncles that are before you, whether they are um, the ones that are not here and your family, the ones that are here and learn from them and and make different choices to make things better for yourselves and for the next generation. I'm trying. <laughs> it ain't easy. <laughs> I know how I made that sound like super sweet, but it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a daily practice. It's, it's a daily choice. You know, and you know, one of the things that I notice, you know, I've been told it's like, oh yeah, it's like it's just a, you know, we're always angry. That's just our family. That's just the way we roll. No, that's you don't have to be angry. You don't have to accept like, okay, so my my parent is angry and my grandparent is angry. That's just who we are. You can choose to be otherwise. You can look at that emotion differently and have a healthy connection with that instead of just using it as an excuse to distance yourself from other people. Yeah. Because when it, when it comes to like generational trauma, you know, there's childhood abuse, neglect, community violence, mm-hmm. homelessness can be passed down from generation to generation. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about my own family trauma and the things that my great grandmother has went through when they were built, building the Panama Canal and she lost so many family members. Um, you know, so my, my family's actually not that big, but it just, it, it, it's good to make those connections, um, to understand my family dynamics, to understand myself. Absolutely. You know, and it makes me think about, you know, my dad, um, and like the thinking about the, the abuse. Okay. You know, my dad went through, my dad's the oldest of 10 and he got the worst of the physical and emotional abuse. It was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, you know, it changed his parenting style. Mm. Right? It really did. And it's actually astounding how, how things kind of worked out in my family because there was a lot of a lot of abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my dad was very intentional about doing the opposite. So I got a lot of support from my dad that I didn't blink at until I got older. And he was like, yeah, my dad never showed up. So I showed up. My dad beat me out of anger. So I never touched you or beat you when, when I was angry, which explained why I sat for so long before I got my butt. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, yo, like I'm sitting here, I'm waiting, like just get this over with. But because my dad, you know, to to be beaten out of anger, mm. you know? And so he made sure that if he did, you know, gave me my well-deserved butt woman's, I'm going to tell y'all it was well-deserved when you set in fires, it's kind of deserved. y'all. <laughs> oh, child. You know? <laughs> um, but you know, when you play with matches, you know, that that happens, but for him though, again, this is why that knowing where you knowing how these things can be passed down, his father was beaten badly strapped to a tree beaten by his father. So my great, great grandfather beat 
my my grandfather by strapping him to a tree. And so my grandfather beat the mess out of my father. And my father's decided to make a different choice. And now and we are here. We are generation. And that's amazing because he is a perfect example of how um, the traumas don't have to keep getting passed down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perfect example that is not permanent. Exactly. It's not. It definitely does not. Um, and and then on the flip end, I have a my grandmother who's experienced witnessing all, all a lot of that. And so she's 92 and you can still see how the, the trauma stays in her body and in her mind and in her emotions. So she responds to her son, my father. It's like, I'm going to always protect you. But that's that trauma, mm-hmm. you know, that she has not been able to break away from. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so now that this next generation, me and my siblings and my cousins are like, no, we have a different response to this. To her, she cannot because she has not broken away from that trauma. And you're right, Taj. It, it does not have to keep going. Mm-hmm. So even in the community violence, you know, at some point making a different, um, you know, finding those resources and making those different choices and coming out of the community to help heal together. It's, it's definitely work. It does take a community. It really does. And, but the community is there. Um, it's just, it's a matter of choice and a matter of wanting to make that choice and sticking to that choice. Yeah. I'll, I'll, because yeah, because the, <laughs> yeah, the easier choice is just to do continue to do with whatever you was learned, whatever you was taught. Yeah. And, and just kind of chuck it up and say, oh, that's just how we are. That's how we are. And it doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we're not saying that that because you're suddenly saying, oh, I don't want to be this way or I don't want my family this way, that the answer is going to come to you. The fact that you are making that, that having that mind or that thought of, I don't want to be this way anymore. I don't like the way our family is, the direction our family is going. That's what's going to put you on the road of starting looking for alternative ways to handle things. Mm-hmm. And you're going to start finding other ways to be able to handle things. And, and it won't be easy because you're going to find yourself in that place of unlearning. Yeah. And that learning process takes a while because you, you're not even going to realize how much you need to unlearn until you're unlearning. Mm-hmm. And I like, and I love saying this, you can't make change without awareness. Mm-hmm. Okay. So once you have that awareness and then you start having to, to make those steps to unlearn, and then you start practicing new ways of, of being, that's, that's, that's the process. And I, again, I know I made that sound super easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But the willingness, the willingness to to go and learn and find out what your family um, events or traumas were, you know, if someone's not one to talk about it, remember, like, trauma is stored in our body. So there's a way of recognizing just within yourself. So just turning inward and unpacking that, and you can start that healing. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's so worth it. Really is. Um, it is such an amazing and proud feeling. Because at the at at this point you are breaking those generational traumas, you are making the decision that this genetic predisposition is no longer going to be a part of your family. Mm-hmm. Because it can, you know, these stressful traumatic life events um, in child, especially in childhood, are risk factors for for depression and anxiety and post traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. And other and. You know, a couple of other things, you know, um, and these factors are interactive. Okay. 
You know, they're not just things that just get or, or can be isolated. They can play off one another's. You know? All right. So I uh, we hope that listening to this um, episode that you have, we have created, I guess, a new awareness of generational traumas, what your generational traumas might be. And to feel empowered to understand that it's not permanent, mm-hmm. that it is reversible, um, and it's well worth it. It is. It's well worth it. It's it's worth the the journey to embark to to heal. Um, and it can be very. I like to use the word empowering. <laughs> it is. It is. And it takes time and it takes patience. It takes you to not be judgmental of yourself or your family. That I think that's that's the important part. Because there's a lot of emotion that come up. You can get angry and yeah. want to judge. And you know what? We're not saying don't judge, but when you find that when you find that you're in that part to keep moving forward mm-hmm. and not get stuck there. Yeah. Exactly. So thank you for listening. Okay. Uh, Until the next time, be informed, be supported, be empowered.